where we are into a, a series on the healing power of God. And we're still on that series. And I believe it's a good one to be into. We're up to week five on this series. And we're seeing that here in the new covenant, the one that we're all in, divine healing is available. Amen? Just turn to your neighbor and say, divine healing is available. And we know that we can expect to receive healing because it was made available to us as a provision of the cross, the cross of Calvary. It was made available there. We're not looking for another special provision from anywhere else. That's where it got made available, at the cross of Christ, for us in this new covenant and this uh, season that we're in. If we can receive forgiveness as a result of the cross, which we can, we can then also receive healing because it's on the same basis because what we say is healing is a part of the atonement and we believe that. And we need to be clear about what belongs to us and we've seen that in recent weeks. Otherwise, it's cheese and biscuits if you were here that week. It's cheese and biscuits out on the boardwalk if you don't know what belongs to you. You know, when we take communion, the cup and the bread, and thanks to uh, Pastor Jun for sharing this morning, we do it in remembrance. Uh, and and we, we should all be remembering that Jesus died on the cross, that we could be forgiven, and also that we can be healed. And I just noted, I took a little note, as you do uh, in moments of leadership when you're looking and, uh, you know, casting your eye over things, I took a little note that we hadn't heard that for a while. That healing was a part of the atonement. For all the good folk that give, you know, that communion message, I'd like it to be restored back into it so that we're again reminding ourselves that healing is a part of the atonement and not something that we kind of forget or leave out. We should be pursuing after healing like it belongs to us. I don't know about you, but if, if, if I've made a mistake somewhere and I, I feel that I've maybe fallen short, I'll ask the Lord to forgive me because I know it's available. It's the same with healing. We ought to be asking the Lord to, to, to um, heal us. We ought to be extending our faith to receive that as well and making that a part of how we are extending our faith. You see, we're not automatically saved. We need to receive that forgiveness, don't we? It's something that we, that, that we continue to, to pray and ask the Lord for. And, of course, uh, you know, that's the same when we get saved initially. We had to ask the Lord. We had to pray and receive that um, salvation uh, that the Lord gives so liberally. Healing is the same. It's not automatic. You need to receive healing. It's been made available just like salvation. And you just need to know how to receive it. And that's really why we're spending some time in this topic, in this subject, going over it. Isaiah 53, he was bruised for our iniquities. He was wounded for our transgressions. And by his stripes, we are healed. Amen. We are healed. It's not, we might be healed. We could be. Might happen. No, we are healed. So um, let's uh, again pray this morning as we get around the word of God. And, uh, and let's just open our hearts to receive it today. So Father, we thank you for, for your word today, Lord God. We thank you. It's a lamp unto our feet. And it's a, a light into our path, Lord God. Lord God, it helps us to see where we are. And Lord, helps us to see where we can go. And Lord, we uh, commit today to receive your word, Lord God, like, like, uh, like it is, Father God, a, a light to us, Lord God, a, a guide to us. It helps us, Father, to walk into what you have for us and that you have made available for us. So Lord, we, we open our hearts, Lord, we pray revelation knowledge flows today. Lord, that that penny would drop. 
uh, for those that need that penny to drop, Lord God, and that, that light bulb moment, Lord God, where the light switches on and there's a, a recognition of a shift and need to move and, 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 uh, and align themselves with your word, Lord God. I thank you for that moment today, Lord God. Lord, we, we thank you for hearts that are ready to receive, Lord God, revelation knowledge in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Again, getting into this word, uh, we see verses like 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24 to 25. In other words, it's New Testament as well, very clearly. It says there, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed, by whose stripes you're not going to be healed. You were healed. The provision was made at the cross for us to be healed. So what we're seeing is that we can receive God's healing power in different ways. That's why we've been spending a few weeks talking about this. We can see that we can receive it in different ways. There's different, you know, it's not just one way to receive healing. There's several ways that you can receive healing. In fact, we saw broken it down to two main areas. So don't limit yourself just to the one way. You know, I'm not saying because I've decided that I'm going to pray every day and believe for my healing that I'm not open to a miracle. I'm, just, I'm not saying because I'm using my faith and confessing and saying what God's word say. I've found a promise in God's word and, and I'm speaking that every day that I'm not open for the Lord just to just to do a miracle or, or someone to come in with a gift of healing. And you know that that's important to understand the difference because the gifts of the Spirit operate as He wills. And we've talked about the two doors, your faith and God's faith. You see, you can be healed by God's faith and you can also be healed by your faith. And so we've been talking about that. The power of God for healing can happen on any day. One person receiving by their faith, another receiving by God's faith. And uh, remember, we looked at those two doors uh, for healing. And again, I just look at those. Again, two main doors. And of course, your faith. Hebrews 11 says this. It tells us that God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. You say, well, you mean I can find a promise on healing and I can start saying what God says here in his word. I can start confessing that, speaking that, I can, uh, I can start saying that diligently and that I'll be rewarded? Absolutely. Because that's what God's word says. You'll, you'll receive. You say, how long will it take? I'm sorry, that's not in the Bible. <laughs> but but I, as I, I love what Kenneth Hagin said, he said, he said, but if you're prepared to believe forever, it won't take that long. Some of us don't want to go longer than two weeks. And that's half the problem, is, you know, we live in this automatic world where if it's hot, we turn the air conditioner on, we hit the button, things change. You know, we, our patience is not applied to our faith. And they are the, that's a power twin. You get faith out there and then you apply patience and watch out, you're going to receive. You're going to get what's coming. It's through faith and patience that we inherit the promises of God. The Bible tells us that. So let's get about the job, you know. Let's get back on track with receiving what we need because we're speaking his word, we're saying what God says, we're agreeing with his word, we're believing in the heart, confessing with the mouth, and we're receiving what, what's coming to us. And it's life-changing. I remember when Rosemary and I was first cutting our teeth on this stuff. 
on this type of teaching. And there was a song they used to sing it in church too. I found a new way of living. I found a new life divine. Amen, Rosemary? Rosemary, watch out. Rosemary starts singing it any minute now. You know, I found a new life divine. And I'm, um, how does it go, Rose? Come on, give us a chorus. Amen. Found a new life divine. I have the fruit of the Spirit. And I'm abiding, abiding in the vine. <laughs> abiding in the vine. Love, joy, health, peace. Jesus made the mine. I have prosperity and victory. Abiding, abiding in the vine. There you go. Amen. Amen. <laughs> but they were great songs, you know. They were great songs that we sung. And, and you know, they were uplifting and, and, again, reminded us that we had found a new life that was based on doing things differently. Amen? Doing things according to our faith and what we believed. And, of course, we saw that that, that second door there, that, that second door was, was definitely based on God's faith. And that is, is that, you know, God can heal anytime he wants. And that means that it doesn't rely on your faith. Okay? And we see, we can, when you read the New Testament, you'll see moments when God, through Jesus, just comes in and overrides just does the miracle and that's God's faith at work or it can be your faith at work and I say there's no harm you being there busy with your faith working away speaking the word taking a promise taking God at his word and speaking it and saying it and believing it there's no harm in doing that and then all of a sudden one day God just goes you know what boom it's going to drop a miracle on you and you receive your healing amen and you know and there's people out there that uh, and you know, we could, we could name them. They're out there. They've had ministries that were built on the, on the miraculous. Ministries that were built. I think of Oral Roberts. Tent ministries. The healing crusades and all of those that, that went, on, went, went through um, America and just touched so many lives. So many people got saved and brought to faith through, through healing. And, uh, you know, they talk about it like, um, you know, when you, when you study that out, you see that... Uh, as one say, that, that healing is the dinner bell for salvation. When you ring it, people come looking to find out how they can find Jesus as well. Thousands of people get saved during those, during those uh, uh, times. I believe hundreds of thousands. So, um, you know, it's important for us, and we'll start out again today. There's going to be a little bit of a repeat of, of uh, uh, some scriptures that we looked at last week or the last time we were in here because we had, we had um, a Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday last week and, uh, and of course, uh, so important for us to, again, um, um, just get all of what we wanted to get out of this particular area um, and, and this particular testimony. So, so we go to Mark chapter 5 and verse 21 to 23, and it says, Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet, verse 23, and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed. And she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. 
Well, we know the story, and in the midst of that, up comes the woman with the, the little woman with the issue of blood, and she touches the hem of his garment and gets healed, and he stops, and Jairus is sitting there looking at his watch, going, Come on, Jesus, my daughter's dying, you know. You know the situation. It's a busy day in, in the office of Jesus that day. You know, he's working away. He's got a woman touching him and getting healed by just by the virtue of the fact that she was able to touch him by faith. But Jairus is waiting and he's a ruler. Great strong faith being released by Jairus at this time too. He's speaking the end result. Notice that. What do you speak when you're facing difficulties? Do you speak the end result or do you speak where you are? See, one will lift you up and the other one will lift you down. Amen. So we've got to get that right. He's speaking the end result. When sickness presents, we should all seek to receive healing by the power of God in Jesus' name. We should all seek that because it's available to us. By speaking the end result, saying what God says, by aligning our words with what God's word says. And on this day, Jesus is surrounded by need. Everybody's thronging him. You know, in other words, everyone's trying to get a piece of Jesus this day. People wanting to come to, you know, people wanting Jesus to come to their house. Jesus, come to my house. You know, come and, come and um, uh, receive, uh, uh, you know, come and bless my house. Come and, you know, uh, uh, bring healing to my house and my needs. And, and uh, come and bring breakthrough and, uh, within their need. And, of course, the question is, why would Jesus go to Jairus' house in the midst of this? Was it because he was a ruler of the synagogue? Was it because of that? Well, you know, it's interesting. Was it because he was deserving that he should come to his house? Well, I personally don't think so. I think it was because he heard Jairus' faith. Amen. He's acting on faith. He's responding to faith. The little woman with the issue of blood, she comes up and touches the hem of his garment, almost shrinking away, almost wanting somewhere to find somewhere to go and hide. And, of course, Jesus recognises her faith, recognises Jairus' faith. He's responding to faith. Can't you see that? He's at the door of his faith. And we must see that creating an environment of faith, listen into this, Creating an environment of faith starts with believing and speaking God's word. Not what we think, not what we believe, not what we used to believe, but by speaking God's word. That was the change. That was the change that Rosemary and I experienced, um, and and both joined together in our in our early marriage. On was let's just speak the word. Let's just say what God says. Let's just be about the business of God's word being made flesh in our lives. Let's be about that. And I tell you what, a very exciting lifestyle we just started. We used to sing about it, as you've, you've already heard. We all must learn to protect the atmosphere of faith and hold each other accountable. And I'll just speak to that. I believe that this is one of the truths that is caught and not so much taught. People come in here to this church and find an atmosphere of faith because it's caught, you see. There's enough people walking around watching what they say. There's enough people in the church who are, who are mindful of the words that they use in their circumstances and situations. And I'll just happily say, I had a dear brother pick me up on my confession 
just a few few weeks back now, done in love, done nicely, just pick me up. Because my, my word, what I was saying, hallelujah, wasn't matching what the word of God says. And you know what? I love him for it. Amen? Amen. And you know, I, I think back to had a dear church member years ago back in our church uh, that we pioneered over there in Queensland, uh, who was known to say, you know, if, if he found me talking, saying something, he would gently say to me, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Wouldn't correct me, he'd just say, oh, I wouldn't say that. And uh, in other words, he's saying, you know, lift your confession. And you know, we all have to. Just because I'm up here, it's not because I've made it now and I'm perfect at it. I also need to watch what I say, you know. You don't get an exemption just because you've got a pastor's badge. Amen? Oh, well, everybody needs to speak the word except for the pastors. They can sort of, you know, get away with it. No, no, no. We need to speak the word as well and say what God's word and believe it in our heart. You know, and I, I, I appreciate it that, you know, where there's that, those moments of gentle correction, you know, from others. Not, he's not doing the word. You know, how can he? He's the pastor. He should be doing the word. I'm glad it wasn't like that. Sister, oh, it was lift, you know, an encouragement to lift. Love it. Amen? Love it. Love those little moments of correction. Mark chapter 5 and verse 35. And while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher? any further and what you like you know I should say what uh, a question here what are you like when you receive the bad report from the doctor or your blood pressure's up actually the blood pressure's through the roof what are you like you know do you let fear and grief cripple you uh, or are you determined to apply the word of God to remember the promise of God? Look, don't ever let it be said that we're against medicine. Okay? That, that we don't believe. The Bible says that a merry heart does good like a medicine. All right? So in other words, medicine does good. Okay? So there's nothing wrong with taking medicine. And, and you know, someone says, but, but if I'm taking medicine, how, do I, how can I be believing God? Well, you can do it at the same time. Amen? You know, I, I, I believe that, you know, medicine and the medical health uh, 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 fraternity have saved so many lives that then got saved because they were kept alive by the medicine. Amen? And then were able to get saved. So we don't, we don't disbelieve uh, medicine. And, and, uh, and, of course, the whole thing is, is that there's been so many atrocious things that have been done under that oh well if you believe god you can stop taking your medicine no no stop taking your medicine when you're healed is that okay we believe that you know when you know and go to your doctor to find out that you are healed and uh you know and i've heard so many testimonies my sunday school teacher uh was one when i finally met up with her and i was at that time 20 24 years old and i hadn't seen her since i was a kid the most rebellious kid in the, in, in, in the children's church. And um, she hadn't seen me since those days. But she recognised me in the church. And she said, is that Peter? I said, yes. 
And, um, and her testimony was so powerful of the healing power of God. And she said to me, she said, um, well, Peter, you know, because uh, my mother had died uh, of cancer at the age of, uh, when I was 13, and she was at the age of 38, and she passed away from cancer. And uh, traumatic, tra traumatic time uh, in the life of our family. And, uh, and, of course, because we were in church at that time, this Sunday school teacher um, had been there as well, and she had, um, uh, uh, shortly after my mother had died, been diagnosed with cancer as well. And, uh, and her testimony was is that uh, she was, when they did fi finally diagnose it, she was riddled with cancer. She had it going on everywhere and, um, and quite, quite, a, quite a sad situation. And eventually the doctor pulled her husband aside and said, look, I want you to take Velma home. She's not going to live. She's going to die. And she may as well die at home with you and your family. And that was the sad report that she received. And so she went home to die. Went home from the hospital, just going to die at home. And, um, and, uh, and some ladies, some, some good praying ladies heard about her situation and, um, and reached out to her and said, could we come and pray with you? And we'd like to just, you know, maybe pray the promises of God over your situation. And she said, come. They weren't from her church. They didn't believe that in her church. And they came over and started to pray over her and, you know, would come each week and speak the word and speak promises over her. And she started to do the same thing. She said, I started to, to, to speak the promises of God, not because I knew that I would be healed, because I had nothing else to do. She just started speaking, speaking the promises of God over her life. And she said, you know, she'd go back for the doctor for a checkup, and the doctor would say, well, I'm a little bit puzzled because you had cancer in this area here and it doesn't seem to be there anymore. And, 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 and you know, and she'd go back another, uh, for another checkup another couple of weeks later, and he'd say, I'm not quite sure what's happening, but where you had cancer in this area, that's no longer there now either. And, and, and she just kept coming back for these, for these checkups. And the doctor would keep saying, look, I, I can't explain it, but you're in remission. Your cancer is no longer there. I, I, and, and, you know, she knew full well she was no longer taking the medication that was supposed to, you know, stave it off. That, all that had stopped. She'd gone home to die. It's powerful. And, you know, there I was talking to her. And it was a very special moment for me, so I'll never forget it. Because I, I said to her, I said, I said, you knew my mum. And, and, and she said, yeah, yeah, I, I knew your mum really well. She says, I was in the guild with her. I don't know what that is, but it was like a ladies' guild, you know, in the, in the, in the church. And she said, she was a good Christian woman. And I said, was she born again? And, and she said she was so born again. She was, she was a believer. And I know it. And I just wanted to know. And I look forward to heaven because I get to see her again. Amen.
so look forward to going to heaven and seeing my mum again. But, you know, we have to do the work of speaking the word, saying what God's word says, because it'll change things. Amen? And we need to be that people that are determined, you know, we can go longer than two weeks. She, she, you know, Velma did it because she, because she didn't know anything else to do. So powerful. And, um, and she said, my mum had a very strong faith. I was very encouraged by it. You know, I think a lot of the time, and, and I, in speaking about my mum, you know, fear is such a robber. It robs people of the life that God intended if we would just walk in faith, speaking his word, saying what God says, aligning our lives with what he says. If we'll just do that, it's powerful. But fear is such a robber. You know, fear will get you running in the other direction and not running in the direction that faith will have you running in. You know, remember, uh, fear is spelt F-E-A-R, which is false evidence appearing real. Amen? False evidence appearing real. I'm not talking about the doctor's report. I'm talking about the fear that comes when the doctor gives you the report. Amen? We're not denying the facts. We're actually holding on to a greater truth. Amen? We're actually clinging on to to a higher truth that's above that. Amen? And the Bible says 365 times, fear not. Believe that or not. 365 times, or or do not be afraid, fear not. And that fact represents a daily reminder that fear, every day of the year, we can remind ourselves that fear is the wrong response in difficult moments. Or when it appears, that is not all that is, you know, uh, that, that when it appears that all is not going well, we need to be a people that quickly step over into faith and be those ones that are strong. You know, Mark chapter 5 and verse 36 goes on and says, As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid, only believe. Do not be afraid, only believe. At the news of his daughter's death, Jesus intervenes to stop fear and unbelief, being given voice. Watch it, you know, when fear and unbelief, the first thing that, you know, is the, is, is the, you know, the inclination is to speak it out. Fear and unbelief. And Jesus stops him right in his stop. God help us with our words, amen? God help us, because they are creative. We need to speak life and not cancel the miracle with unbelief spoken. I like us. Psalm 141, verse 3, it says, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Amen. Keep guard over, watch over the the door of my lips. Both doors are affected by unbelief. That's important if you're one of those who say, well, I'm waiting, you know, I'm waiting on God's faith to be healed. He'll heal me, you know, when he wants to heal me uh, and, and to operate. I'm waiting for that to happen. No, no, faith's important even over at that door as well. Because in Jesus' 
hometown, and I'll explain this, it needs to be explained. In Jesus' hometown of Nazareth, the scripture is very clear, the miraculous is hindered by unbelief. In Matthew 13, 58, it says, and he did not do many miracles there. This is in his hometown of Nazareth. He did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. Hmm. Actually, and this is worth just taking a moment to look at, you'll find that unbelief in Nazareth was based on their underlying offence. They had allowed, in Jesus' hometown of Nazareth, they had allowed familiarity with Jesus to enter in. And they were offended, it says. You want to watch out for familiarity. Sometimes it can bring offence. And it says, and they were offended. And I'll, I'll just read it to you. It's actually worth reading. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 53. It says, now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables that he departed from there. And when he'd come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? You know, Joe the carpenter's boy, Jesus. Isn't that him? Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? This is not the carpenter's son. Is not his mother called Mary and his brother, James, Joe's, Simon, and his sisters? Hang on. Jesus was an only child, wasn't he? You can go to some churches and they'll let you know that. But no, that's not the case. And we can see it here in the scriptures. His brothers, James, Joseph and Simon and Judas would testify to that fact. And his sisters. Are they not all with us? There they were, still in Nazareth. Where then did this man get all these things? And look, I've even underlined it. It says, that, so they were offended at him. My goodness. And nothing can rob the atmosphere of faith and miracles than people that are foolish enough to let themselves get offended over petty things, over silly things, over things they shouldn't get offended about. And the kingdom of darkness has and knows that and has a complete and total strategy for people getting upset, hurt and offended so very easily. He knows how to weaponize people because he wants to spoil the atmosphere of faith in a group of people, in a family, in a situation where people are coming together. He wants to bring offence, hurt, bitterness and hinder the miraculous. You know, we've observed the spirit of offence at work in our own meetings. We've seen how, how it functions and it's usually from those who don't know any better. But I say this, walk in love Forgive quickly and don't be offended. Let's not have an open door for the enemy in our services. Amen? Let's not let that door swing wide open for the enemy to come in and ruin the atmosphere of faith where people are believing and expecting. So back to Jairus' daughter, and I'll, I'll, just a few minutes we'll finish, where we see Jesus controlling the atmosphere, taking charge of the atmosphere restoring faith. He pulls together his A-team. 
you know. These are people that he prays with, you know, the, the mighty men of faith is uh, who he pulls together. We look at it in Mark chapter 5, and verse 37 and 39. It says, And he permitted, permitted no one to follow him except Peter and James and John the brother of James. And they came into the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who were wept and wailed loudly. And when he came in, he said to them, Why make this commotion and weep? The child's not dead, but sleeping. Jesus gets these, you know, the people that are speaking ridicule and, 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 and unbelief. He gets them out of the room. In other words, take charge of that atmosphere of faith. Take charge of that, you know, uh, environment. In Mark chapter 5, and we read it there. And, when, and they ridiculed him, you know, not full of faith, full of ridicule. But when he'd put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was laying. You see, he gets them outside of where he's going to work the miracle. That's what we should have when we gather together is an atmosphere of faith, an atmosphere where God can move as he wills, as he, as he wants. We have to watch out for the things that will hinder it. We have to watch out for offence have to watch out for the things that, that will um, stop the Lord doing what he wants to do in our midst. Make sure that's not you. Make it, just make a little line there and say, that's not going to be me, in your notes. The person that needs to be away of where the miracles happen. Make sure that's not you. Amen? Verse 41, it says, And then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumi, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. In the atmosphere of faith, it's just a spoken word from a believing heart that's needed. Amen? In an atmosphere of faith, that's what's required. A word spoken from a place of faith and authority. Amen? Totally convinced. Fully convinced that what God has promised, he's able to perform. We go in there and speak the word, lay hands, let there be a, a contact. Speak the word and see the miracle. Amen? We're called to that. And verse 5 and verse, uh, 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 chapter 5 and verse 42, it says, Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years old, and, and, and they were overcome with great amazement. But he commanded them strictly that no one should know it, and said that, and said that something should be given to her to eat. In other words, he even said she's probably a little bit hungry and, 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 and tired there. You know, just look to her physical needs. She's healed. She's fine. She's going to be okay. And, um, you know, I believe, and I might ask the musicians to come, you know, we might just um, maybe build that altar. Amen. Um, an atmosphere of faith is one that allows the Lord to move and minister among us. Let's make sure we all steward that, you know, that it's not just left to leadership to steward that, but that we all steward that. And in our families and in our homes and in our lives, um, let's protect that, you know. Let's be the people that watch out over our words spoken. Amen? Saying what God says and, um, and believing to see it come to pass. Amen. God bless you all. Sorry to get a little emotional during this sermon today. I, I uh, uh, appreciate, I'm sure you appreciate that sometimes there's some tragedies in your life that just sit there as a little wound and, um, you know, touching on them uh, just sort of uh, gets you reflecting on what could have been or what should have been. And, 
And, uh, and of course, Velma, and I'll just share this as we finish. Velma, my Sunday school teacher, went on to head up the healing ministry at that church where Rosemary and I went to Bible college and, and finished our Bible college studies and, uh, and teach people how to move in healing and how to receive healing. And uh, Velma and her husband both uh, headed up that ministry for many years. And uh, great little testimony of what the Lord did in her life. Amen. So God bless. Why don't we all stand and we'll pray. Father, we again thank you for today. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. And, and Lord, just your spirit now, just ministering among us, Lord God. Shifting and touching hearts and lives, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, that there's a shift toward faith in this place. That there's a, there's a step, Father God, in all of us that needs to be taken, Lord. Just a, a greater step of commitment, uh, Father, for your word to be fulfilled. Lord God, to be those people, Father God, that speak your word only, Lord God. Lord, hold back from speaking unbelief. And Lord, being a people that just control our atmosphere, Father God, that it always remains one of faith, one of your word, one of your promises being fulfilled, Father. Lord, we thank you that you help us by your Holy Spirit. Lord, again, continue to lead and guide us into all truth and even show us things to come, Father, as we, as we look to be used by you with the gifts of the Spirit. Lord, help us, prompt us, show us, Lord God, where we need to, where we need to operate by faith, Father, and, and see, Father God, your name, the name of Jesus, glorified in this place and in this township, in this community. We ask it in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Let's just go out singing this song. And as we do, just know that there's, a, there's an altar here. If, you, if you're needing healing, and particularly after a message like that, there's, there's perhaps a, a, you know, a lift in faith. If you're needing healing this morning, come on down and, and uh, we'd love to lay hands on you as the Word says. Amen.